Hey guys, Adam here. Uh, before we get into this episode, which is a little bit different, I just kind of want to explain the format. Um, and this is going to come to a surprise or come as a surprise to a lot of people, but we actually edit our shows. It's not just random talking. I mean, it's mostly random talking, but um, sometimes if there's like a segment that just doesn't feel like it connects to the rest of the show um, or if it gets like very specific about one thing and we felt like it was just kind of going too deep, we actually take it out. So I know what you're thinking. Holy cow. They actually edit their shows and the stuff that we're hearing is the good stuff. And that seems to be um, insane. But uh, because we're you know traveling for Thanksgiving, because Nate was actually moving, I've been under the weather, just a bunch of stuff. We felt like this was a good time to try this out. So enjoy what we're calling the scrapyard. And I'm sure we'll be, we'll be back probably, maybe, possibly next week. Thanks. Uh, anyway, you want to tell me, I so you've paid off your car, and paid off my car, um, which is fine. But it was also like, so I bought the car six years ago. Six? No, I can't. No, because right. I was you and I. I knew you when you had the FJ. It was a sixty. It was a sixty-month term. So five years ago. Five years ago. Holy yeah. shit. Um basically like the lowest payment i could do you know it was just yeah, like yeah um so yeah i finally paid it off and now i'm like chomping at the bit to get anyone yeah <laughs> well it's it's funny that like my car's a 2011 and it's kind of it's not showing its age it still runs amazing it's like has very low miles but, but the tech it, but the probably, tech is yeah. limited right it doesn't have like so it's got a heated steering wheel like that alone. Fuck, dude! I the next car I get has to have a heated steering wheel. I had a loaner car the other week, the other right. day that had a heating ste- a heated steering wheel when it was cold out. It yeah. was like twenty two degrees, and I felt it working. I was like, "What the? This is awesome!" Yeah, I will never get a car with that yeah. one. Um, the Jeep is feeling very fatigued when you go get back in that car. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But Jeeps now. I mean, your Jeep has more tech than my car does. Like, I don't even yeah. have Bluetooth. Yeah. Like, in mine. Yeah, or, it's I mean, an I have Bluetooth cord, right? phone, but I don't have Bluetooth radio. Right. Um, and like, I love like the the um, cruise control, these uh, adaptive cruise control, as we've talked about. Right. Backup cameras and stuff. But like all those hand gesture things that you had in that five series yeah. loaner a few years ago, that well, stuff just, was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah that's just that. a gimmick. It's total gimmick. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of having those kind of things is really nice. Yeah. Um, totally fair. So I think my next car. It's going to be a Model 3. Uh, but I'm not there yet because I don't have the money for it because it's still a $60,000 car when, yeah. you, when you kind of hash it out. Um, now, and they cut the tax incentives in half? At the end at the end of the year, you're going to lose like the $1,800 uh, U.S. tax incentive. I think you still get the state, okay. state incentive. But, um, but I've come to realize that like if I ever made enough money to afford a Model S – that means that I'm making a very good salary or I've come into a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And I would just get the new Roadster that's coming out, right? No, because it's not as practical. And but, it's still twice as much as the S. But why? But but if I have that, like, at that point, money is really, like, it doesn't matter. No, like, there's, there's a level. You either, but, you have a good job, a right. great job, and you can afford a Model S. Right. Or 
but you hit I'm the just, lottery and you have you don't have a care in the world, then that's a roadster. But if I'm paying a hundred and ten thousand dollars for a car, at that point, you might as well spend two fifty. Well, I'm assuming like that I have fuck you money at that point, and I'm just gonna be like, well, fuck it. Why don't yeah. I get a bigger car, right? Why don't I get like the creme de la creme? But if you buy a two million dollar house, does that mean you have fuck you money? You might as well buy a five million dollar house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand. Because it's still, it's still a payment or it's still cash out of pocket. Right. Like you are either, you are either dropping a quarter million dollars on a car. Right. Or you are dropping $110,000 on a car. Or you're spending $1,400 a month in payments or you're spending right. 2500 a month in payments. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like if, I, I don't know what that number is. I don't know what my salary would have to be, but it would probably have to be like, a million dollars a year. Yes. At, at least. At right? least. To even get like a, a Model S, I'd probably need at least, I don't even know. Well, to be comfortable, 000. yeah, you'd want to be at least making that. Right. I'm not making $500,000 a year right now. So let's let's just put that on the table. So I'm not out there buying a Model <laughs> so S. So you're not getting one. Right? But like, I feel like just in terms of practicality, if I'm going to spend that kind of money on a car, I would have to have a lot of fucking money in the bank. Yeah. To, to spend one hundred ten thousand or one hundred twenty thousand, so at that point, if I have that kind of money in the bank, I'm probably just going to go balls to the wall. Okay, I, I, I so, do a really poor job of defending myself. Is it just a matter of getting a Tesla at that point then? Because there is a practical difference between an S and a Roadster. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I. I. So the Model S is like yes, a genuine like sedan, right? And I could that is like a kids in the back. Yeah. Um. It's a four-person family car. Right, but I honestly think that the Roadster is also a four-person car. Is it? I could be very But wrong. is it a four-seater car like a Porsche Carrera I, is I, a four-seater car? Exa- yeah, which, so it's a two-seater with like a ledge. If you don't have legs, then yes, yeah. maybe you could fit. If you were just but, a trunk, but that's you could what fit it would in be. the back. would be like shipping my kids around. Now, would I put my kid <laughs> in a $250,000 car, seeing the amount of Cheerio dust she puts yeah. in my car every day? Probably yeah. not. Um but I guess I guess my bigger point here is that the Model Three is very attainable in terms of like general salaries, especially around here. I mean, that's still it's still an expensive. It's still car. an expensive. Sixty thousand dollars is is no slash of a car, right? Um, but I think to get to that next level of you know spending one hundred and ten or one hundred twenty thousand dollars on a car, you've that's just a fuck ton of money, man. Like that's ridiculous. For a fucking and the fact that I see them everywhere, yeah, makes me realize how low on the social <laughs> economic total pole I am in this in this town in in this area maybe yeah but still out of the entire country and the entire world it's ridiculous absolutely but yes, yes around here when you see you know the guy with the um, chrome Bentley. Yeah, which I see all the time. Guy drives around all the time, and it's a chrome-painted Bentley yeah. Continental. Like, right. just his daily driver. Oh, and he's a handicap also. He's got a handicap sticker. When I say he's a handicap, he's just an old guy who can, like, oh. park up front. They're called handicap people. <laughs> Handy, handicap not, people. You can't just say he's a handicap. A handicap. Yeah, they're not a handicap. He has a handicap sticker. Okay. <laughs> um, I've seen him shopping at Whole Foods before. I see him at Barnes & Noble all the time. Uh, <laughs> at least he's well-read. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, and he buys healthy food. Yeah, but like, 
but but it's that kind of like fuck you money. Yeah, the cars around here. the cars around here are ridiculous, and, and that's when you say like, wait a second, if that's your mode of transportation, right. let's just let's give you the benefit of the doubt. That is your only mode of transportation. Your so your primary mode of transportation. Right. Your primary mode of transportation is still like ten x the salary of most people in right. this entire yes. in this country. Yes, just the purchase price of that car. Right. Forget the probably fifty thousand dollars to put into the paint job of it. Yeah, or then the insurance and the upkeep of the stuff. It's, yeah, it is mind boggling. And you can just drive around like coming back from dinner tonight and stopping to get ice cream. I was like, oh, there's a Maserati dealership. Like, doesn't even phase you that yeah. there's a dealership that sells cars. Would you ever buy a Maserati? Yes, I would buy a, a Quattroporte for sure. Ugh, I don't know why I've never liked them. I did not like them for a while until you hear that V8, and it is. It is one of the last raw, naturally aspirated V8s out there. And it's, I, I just you're love such it. A, you're such a I know, I'm such a loser. It's like the uh, M3 that Alex Sherman has. He had that era of naturally aspirated yeah. V8s, and you just like, you hear that car from so far away, and it just sounds perfect. How small is your penis? It doesn't matter. <laughs> because when you have that car and that engine, it yeah. could be the smallest thing in the entire world. The girls come for you, <laughs> they come to you. What, what girl? gives a shit about the size of your engine um do you think your megan fox get- in transformers great <laughs> perfect done i'm i'm so sorry you're sold like she yeah. was hot in that movie yeah uh, <laughs> she's like trashy hot in that so movie. funny <laughs> megan fox went through just like that very brief moment in time and then like guy code all over the internet was like, time out, people, stop talking about Megan Fox. Yeah. There's way too much going on with her. We are all way too obsessed. <laughs> yeah. And then she just disappeared. Totally. Gone. At 100%. Like she, she headlined her own movie once. Right, Jennifer's Body. Yeah, Jennifer's, exactly. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Gone. Never around again. Yeah. She was like, in Teenage Mutant oh. Ninja Turtles. Oh. Yeah, which I don't think I saw. I can't imagine. I... I, that's one of those movies that I don't know if I just saw the preview or if I actually saw it. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't leave an impression. Yeah, no. Um, but we are so all over the place right now. You're you can tell we haven't place. talked to each other in a while. Yes. But in the third Transformers movie, Rosie Huntington Whiteley or Whittley, I thought was smoking hot. The Australian? Uh, Australian or British. The yeah. blonde girl? Yeah. Yeah, she was. Not, she a horrible was, actress. Yeah. Horrible actress, but like. She was pretty attractive. Definitely like much more i say my type you know the girls i go after yeah was um, Meg- yeah megan fox was in the second one that's right she's in the second one but not in the third not one. the third one because yeah. i think she called michael bay a nazi really yeah oops and i think yeah that gets kicked off a movie will might have to check this. and i think steven spielberg was like yeah that's not gonna fly <laughs> so uh, so shia you're actually gonna break up with her in this movie and we're gonna get you an even hotter actress <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally yeah. uh to uh to star against and by the way you're also you can tell this one that you love her and you're gonna marry her mm-hmm. and you'd be like oh yeah okay like yeah no problem. why'd you piss that away shia labeouf <laughs> what are you doing um so yeah yeah. All right. So back to it. You will. You have come to a realization that you want your next car to be a Tesla. Realistically, it's going to be a Model Three. But yeah, if yeah. you had your Although I am choice, sort of entertaining the idea of getting a used Model S. But okay. I don't know. I, What's I have the to, program on it? Like that's the thing. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I what kind of um, like repairs they need. Like when you buy a used car, you know, like oh, I'm gonna have to put timing belts in. Yeah, I get the Teslas don't have timing belts. Battery replacements, like right, the big exactly. Thing. Like, what kind of longevity do you have after 
you buy it. So uh, I'm definitely looking into that. But I have, a fr- I have a friend who bought like the original S, like yeah. the 65, I think. Oh, wow. Which they don't have anymore. Yeah. He bought it like whatever, the first year that the car came out. And he's had it since then. He hasn't done a battery replacement. He's just been driving and he still gets it normally. Range and all that. Yeah, and when upgrades come out, like it's not like your phone. If you have a you know model eight or older, you don't get the new iOS. It's no just like what? the car. As long as it can support it, it takes awesome. It takes all the updates. Um, so he's gotten. He said he's gotten increased range out of it. That's um, awesome. He gets only like two hundred or two twenty. What was the smaller battery? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was the smallest one that they made. They don't even make that small car anymore because they yeah. they're trying to make it a relatively affordable car right and it was starting at whatever 68 or seventy thousand dollars and people in the beginning right. were like oh wow you know that's a little bit of a stretch now the base car is 90 95 yeah, and okay. they just realized only rich people are going to buy this car so right. make but it a premium price the model three like i think they need to make room too so actually okay the model s uh in the last quarter outsold both the three series um the sorry the, the, model uh, the model three Yes. Model 3 outsold both the 3 Series and the C-Class Mercedes combined. I believe that. I totally believe that. Which is, that's sort of insane to me because those are the bread and butter, the staple, like the bar, the definition of... Entry-level luxury sedans. Luxury sedan. And the fact that Tesla can go out there and outsell both of them Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like those companies should be freaking out. Yeah. I have to, and and I I have to say... I mean, because... BMW sends me an email, calls me at least once a week. Trying to get you in Trying car. to say, hey, yeah. saw you paid off your car. Like, let's let's talk about getting you something else. And yeah. I'm, I want to be like, come out with a fucking cool-ass car. Yeah. Come out with a cool electric car. Not just I, the cookie-cutter 3 Series that you've been producing the last 15 years. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, by the way, it's not just Tesla. Like, there's some fucking badass cars around now. Yeah. There's, there's a company called Rivian. Yep. Oh, so you know them. And they're, like, all trucks. Well, they're doing the trucks. Yeah. yeah which is awesome. Faraday Futures had a rough couple years, but they look like they might be getting back into some cool shit. Yeah. And it's like, this is the way of the future. Yeah. Volkswagen is catching up. Vol- Volvo's catching up. BMW is like dragging their feet. Mercedes, who the fuck knows? What BMW, BMW's got the i8 and the i3. Right. But like, and the they i3 haven't, is fucking ugly as shit. Right. They have not refreshed those cars in no. the eight years that they've been out. Yeah. Seven years, whatever, and however long it's been. Fucking, I mean, the i eights. I it's a cool car, but like that, that was almost like a PR stunt. Like, hey, look what we could do, yeah. and they still sell it. The i three, it's like, it's like a Nissan Leaf. Yeah. Even a Nissan Leaf has drastically changed. Gets huge range now. Yeah, totally. And that's a legitimate viable car. Yeah. I I do like the Audi e-trons. I think those are those yes, are dude. Badass. The Q five e-tron. Yeah. Right now, I see that car driving around. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you not get that? And what what Audi and Volkswagen did really really well was pivoting from that diesel scandal very quickly yeah. into electric, and uh, yeah. you almost almost forget about the diesel scandal totally. except for the fact that the guys are now being indicted and going to jail. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that, and you just remind it in the news every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that they could pivot that quickly because you would see if you had a Q5 whatever five years ago and you had the option of buying the you know the full big engine three liter v6 mm-hmm. versus a tdi you'd be like okay you pay a premium for the tdi maybe four or five thousand yeah. dollars but when you go to the gas pump it's like a 50 cent difference between yeah. 93 octane and diesel it was like Which, why way, would you not the case Just no not always the case not at all the, it was all, diesel was always more expensive uh, uh, was it? i'm almost positive right wasn't diesel only expensive gas for a while i don't know i thought it was cheaper 
but I could be. I could well, be. now it's significantly cheaper than premium gas. Yeah. And you look at this and be like, there's great performance. There's right. great gas mileage, quote yeah. unquote. Uh, obviously, it was a little bit of a lie. Yeah. Uh, well, no, the gas mileage was not a lie, but it was polluting the shit out of the environment. Right. Um, and you'd be crazy to buy a gasoline car from Audi or VW because the TDIs were just that much better. Right. And yes. Absolutely. The cost of ownership was that much lower. Yep. That whole scandal blew up. And they quickly said, like, okay, we'll just start making electric cars, and they're going to be good cars. Yeah. I think part of that was probably, though, Tesla, didn't he release all the intellectual property? and did, all the patents. All the patents, all right. So uh, that, I think, helped cars and other companies develop the technology. Yeah. Which is pretty baller of Musk to say, I'm confident enough in just my brand and the product that we're making That that even if I give the exact same tech to all the other companies, people will still be buying my cars. Well, and that's the thing that I think Volkswagen... I, I believe it was Volkswagen is struggling with right now is there's they're like we are so far behind where Tesla is yeah with just development of these cars that like it's it's so hard to catch up I mean they probably will they have a bigger bigger force they behind. have to be able to yeah but but right now they are struggling to keep up with the speed at which Tesla is is advancing their cars yeah so it'll be interesting so when I get my Model Three you can come take a ride. In four years? Yeah, I was like, I don't even know when that's going like, to be. What will they have then? I mean, it'll still be a Model 3, but they'll yeah. be the Model Y, Yeah, which I could be cool. But see, we already have a, an SUV. I don't feel like I need like another SUV. But it's not much bigger than the 3. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I know they're – I think – I know. I think that they are going through a model refresh on the Model S and the Model X yeah, right now. And I bet probably. the Model 3 will get some sort of refresh in a couple of years. So I may look at it then. I, I want a P100DX. I do too. I want a P100D anything. <laughs> like, yeah. we drove a Model X P100D yeah. and it was badass. Yeah. I don't care about the small format because to me that, that Model X can still perform the exact same way. Totally. And so. it's got Falcon Wing doors. Yes. And the doors are ridiculously weird. That windscreen that comes all the way yeah, over that your was head. Awesome. So bizarre. There's it's such a bizarre car to get into. Like if you've never been in one, even just going to a showroom, like you and yeah. I sat at that Mount Kisco dealership, yep. didn't turn the car on, didn't drive it or anything. I just remember sitting in the back seat and opening and closing the doors. And I went <laughs> to being a child. I was like, this would be the craziest upbringing yeah. in my entire life. You're entering Space Mountain every single time you get into yeah. this car. Like I w- I would love to have that for my family. It's so weird. And, but it's awesome. <laughs> it's nice too because you get the the third row seat. Yeah. And they're not like like in my in laws, they have the X E ninety with the third row option. And that third row is fucking small. Man. Doesn't it's count. But it's a full seat for the at the Model X. So yeah. you kinda have like, you know, two kids and then whoever else. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Just extras to throw back there. Fuck. Like I want to replace the granola Jeep, but not with something cool like a Tesla. No? No. What, I, I want to get a four runner. One ninety four. Fuck me, dude. And how old is it? Five years, five and a half. Dude. So that so you can't really sell that car. I mean, could it's, but for like, excuse me, um, pennies on the dollar. I mean, like as much as you can believe KBB and valuations and stuff. Uh, they say the value on it is like fifteen k. Here's the thing: it's mm-hmm. a Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. They hold their value very well, regardless You're of mileage that on that it. That car is worth fifteen thousand dollars. Yep, that's with more than your two hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah, 
I put in every bit of information about no, the car. No, I believe you. I, I I'm getting mean, that. And you can look online at, at the valuation stuff. That car holds, doesn't hold its value, but it holds a value for a very long time because it's just, it's indestructible. And even if something does go wrong, the aftermarket parts yeah, that's uh, true. available for it yeah. are, it's endless. I mean, the magazines that you get when you buy a, a Jeep or if you order a part ever, they get you on a mailing list and yeah. it's just like, it's a Mr. Potato Head car. You can <laughs> do anything and everything that you want to Even it. the engine? Can you replace the engine? Yes, you can drop a V8 Hemi in there if you want. And there's a whole, you can literally nice. order it from a magazine. It is offered in the magazine. You want to do a Hemi swap? Here it is. Here's the price. Sends it to you. <laughs> It suggests that you get a mechanic to do it because One it's a hope. very high, you know, <laughs> intensity um, yeah, uh, swap. It's not a Lego model. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can literally order an engine from a magazine, from an online site, and swap it out. Jesus. I mean, everything. You, if you want to do driveline, if you want to do transmission, if you want to do anything on the car, yeah. it is truly a, a mechanic's car. Uh, or if you're, you know, a good individual, do whatever you want. Right. So you're basically for fifteen thousand dollars with a two hundred thousand mile car on or engine in it, you're basically paying for the frame. Yes, because I mean I don't know if I would trust an engine with two hundred k on it. I am right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. On, so let's say wood. you get rid of the Granola G for fifteen k. What what are you getting? I want to replace it with a Forerunner. Well, that's what that was like your go go to. Forerunners. My brother just bought a Forerunner. He loves it. Yeah, I really do love Forerunners. Um, it's Those are still yeah. It's a Toyota, which is an indestructible uh, brand, and especially a Forerunner indestructible car. Um, it's just a hair more comfortable and quieter than the Jeep. Just a hair. The Jeep is beating me up right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Forerunner. It's still. It's a truck. The Forerunner is on the Tacoma frame. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I so just, it is a truck frame. That is just built into an SUV. Yeah. Um, so it has a little bit more comfort to it, mm-hmm. uh, but it has slightly more cargo space than the Jeep. Um, oh, yeah. It has a fully sealed roof, so it doesn't leak when it rains. Does your Jeep leak? Uh, yeah. Fuck. Dude, every time it rains, when I go uh, to the car in the morning, there's little puddles on the um, on the floor mats. Uh, but it's because it's like a removable Still, T-top. Though, like, but why haven't they figured this out? Jeeps have been around for 80 years. Because they don't it, have to. They don't need to. Like it's people will solid. buy it, and they just say, you know, you know why uh, Jeep drivers wave at each other? Because no, why? It's a Jeep thing. So every right, generally. Oh, I thought it was like a. I know that it's a Jeep thing. It's a Jeep thing. There was like the joke. I'm is, sorry, you bought the shitty car. Exactly. You <laughs> wave at each other because you understand that you're both suffering through the same things just for the sake of owning a Jeep. Yeah. Now it's kind of funny now, and I, I'm guilty of it. I used to own an old Jeep, a '98, I and I wouldn't, I wouldn't wave to the the new Jeep owners because, like, fuck you, you're sitting in there with Bluetooth connectivity right now. Like your seat probably moves back and forth. Yes. Uh, you can select gears, or your brakes <laughs> are working. Like. I'm not waving to you. You got life. You got it made over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this thing over here, I'm freezing my ass off. The door doesn't close like Dude, the I window. We drove that to Princeton. Yeah, right. Yeah. We drove it to and from <laughs> 40 Princeton. 40 miles an hour the whole way. So rough. You can't hear anything. Yeah. But, and even now the newer models, those things are crazy. Those have backup cameras in them now. Yeah. Like that's, that's a fucking. <laughs> that's, that's a, a luxury. Yeah, it's bullshit. But I absolutely love the car and I it comes into its own when it's snowing outside or if yes. I'm on back roads trying to deliver to like some random stores or yeah. connecting stores, I'm like, I get this when I drive it off road or mm-hmm. when you're in bad weather, you're like, but this forerunner would do that too. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't feel as compelled to put chunky, obnoxious tires on the forerunner. Also, 
you yeah. get better gas mileage slightly in a forerunner yeah. um but you can still make it you know sort of grungy and and off-roady and it still can have that sort of overland look that yeah. we're sort of going for with the jeep yeah um but ne- then the dilemma is do we wrap it or not because also what happened oh. Uh, since we last recorded an episode, I got pulled over in the Taconic. Everyone gets pulled over in the Taconic. Right. I got pulled over in the Taconic. Which I totally get. You know, you get pulled over for speeding. It's the most heavily policed highway in America. Um, but I've been driving on that highway for five and a half years with the Granola Jeep. Right. With all the graphics on it. Passed by cops all the time. I've yes. had a cop kick me off because I had uh, my single on top of the Jeep. He said, you can't have that. The overhang is too long. Didn't say anything about the fact that it was <laughs> all wrapped in graphics. So when this cop pulled me over, I was like, I knew there was a cop there. I was going 54 miles an hour. Yeah. I always set it below the speed limit because I just didn't want to risk it. I got right. pulled over. I was like, what's this about? And he was like, you can't have commercial vehicles on on this. It's a parkway. Like, you're a commercial vehicle. So, great. Never allowed in the Taconic. I looked. A friend actually sent me a text, the law on the Merritt Parkway. I'm technically not allowed on the Merritt Parkway. Yeah. And there's no way around in Connecticut and in this area right. without using the Merritt. Like, if you're yeah. just stuck on 95 forget it yeah you're fine like you want the merit you want to be able to access the merit so it's like i want to get rid of that wrap now (laughs) because if that one time you get pulled over so like i used to use the taconic all the time but now the fact that i got pulled over by that one cop it's like i don't want to have to keep dealing with that ticket and if that one cop happens to get me again he's gonna remember it and i'm gonna be in a lot of trouble it's not just a ticket you get suspended license or something really fuck yeah and in new york you get points on your license for every single traffic violation yeah if you blow stops and if you speed, if you get pulled over a commercial vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's if you get over five points on your license in a like 18 or 24 month period, yeah. you have to pay $100 a year for every point over five points for three years. So if you blow a stop sign, that's three points. If you get pulled over for speeding, that's three points. Jesus. So blow a stop sign once in... You know, say in May, then yeah. if you get caught speeding within two years of that, oh, you are yeah, paying a hundred dollars a year for three years. Just for the privilege of because driving in New York City yeah. or New York State. Just for being pulled over in New York. Wow. You don't even have to. You could be living in California after that. And you still wow. But you is if you have one point over five, or if you have four points over five, a hundred dollars for every point. Wow. So just like stupid things like that. I love the advertising fact of the car. Yeah. I see you everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I see that. And it makes me actually wonder. I know you drive a lot, but like, I must see like people I know all the time. Exactly. Yeah. But in nondescript three series. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but now I just see you everywhere. Wow. You text me, you're like, you're getting your hair cut right now, aren't yeah. you? Like, yeah. Damn it. I like, <laughs> I, well, I'm always afraid it. that it's not you driving because I always give you the finger when I see it. That's true. Like, and then I usually get Will like, you have mean friends. Like, why yeah. are they always flicking me off yeah. or honking at me on the road? That's yeah, just out of Two times, yeah. Douchebag. Of course. How do you how do you normally wrap up wrap up these shows? Because I feel like the people listening are probably thinking. How the fuck do I end this? By oh, just yeah, they or, hit pause and or, then they close out the app. Oh, they close out the yeah, app. Yeah, but we never actually wrap this up. Oh, I can't. We just keep going. I kind of like that. We just keep going until I. I, I I'll pause. Actually, up. I'm curious because I'm looking at this sign in the back. How did you come up with the name Izetta? 
that's a great question. Um, it's the name of your boat. Hold on. Yeah, it's the name of his boat. Yeah, name of your boat. second uh, boat. Me- Meg and I boat. were on a trip to uh, Nantucket. Meg and his um, wife. Meg is my wife. Oh yeah, yeah. We've okay. mentioned several thousand times. Yeah. Um, we probably should have prefaced that. Uh, and uh, we were in a, the whaling museum there, and on the wall is a uh, a bunch of um. The uh, placards for the back of uh, whaling ships, and one of them said, "Isetta." We said, "Hey, if we get a bigger boat, we should name it Isetta." We get a whaling ship. We, <laughs> we, get, we, get, a, we get that whaling thing yeah. going. We should get you can't go yeah. wrong with blubber. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a big industry. Um, the Jap- Japanese love it. Um, so we named the boat. <laughs> the we named Nishan the boat Isetta uh, after that. But um, uh, I googled it, and there was never. And I also did a Coast Guard documentation search, and it was never a boat named Isetta. Uh, in, in, in the recent past, right? So this boat was probably named in the 1800s. But in 2016, a um, uh, anime porn character uh, practice and uh, not porn. I mean, any, <laughs> any Japanese anime is kind of borderline porn. It's all porn. Yeah, the Zeta came out, so I was like, God damn it! But I still named the boat Zeta. So I'm sure somebody Google's it and is like, What the? Are you of the? Th- oh well, this new this boat was new when mm-hmm. you bought it. Brand okay, new, yeah. so I was wondering. Um, Wait, was your Sea Ray new or used? No, no, used. It was uh, that was used. Yeah, it was bought. Uh, eight, All right, six so years old, then you're not of the naming scheme or not of the the thought that it's bad luck to change the name. I changed the name of the the Sea Ray, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I great. I was very fortunate with that boat. We had a good ceremony though. We we drank champagne. I remember we um. Yeah, I got lit. It was October. Yeah, <laughs> we got drunk. I wasn't yeah. friends with you guys. Had, uh, I was friends with Adam, but I didn't know. No, you, you were friends. We just. I we're think you weren't around that now, Nate. Not that. Yeah. Well, we had ham and cheese croissants. Uh, <laughs> and I think Megan your, was too hungover. Your wife was so hungover. Yeah. She wouldn't yeah. come out to the pub. Yeah. Which is a, a familiar Wait, story. Uh, that hungover during from those, the night before? There's like three, there's at least three times in those two years that Megan would, would she th- thought she could drink and then she would drink the night before to such an extent <laughs> that she could not function the next day. She literally she has like learned drive down. She's like, this is not yeah, college. She anymore. learned, and we didn't go on the boat that day. Uh, it was winter. It was like, well, winter was very late. It was like October, oh, November. October, November. Yeah, yeah it, was it was cold. Because like, I remember when you did it, and I was like, oh, cool. This guy I haven't met because I was friends with you yeah. and again, we're Adam not friends and Bill. <laughs> like, let me say again, not friends. acquaintances. <laughs> I I rode with we you. um we yeah, and then we immediately put the boat away, and then we waited till the next year to have it. And we had a great summer that summer with that boat. That was a fun. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. We look back and think about how it was great to have kids and. That boat, and yeah, then you buy a boat again. You're like, it's gonna be like that again. You're like, no, it's never no. like that. Let's again. get a bigger boat so we can fit more friends on it. Yeah, and, and not actually go because nobody can go on it. Kids might kids fall off. Are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we didn't go. We went on it like I think four times last year. So uh, what's the hesitation you, in bringing the? Excuse me. Bringing we brought the kids, the kids on, on it, but uh, no, we brought the kids on. But what do you do with them? Right? They don't swim in the water. So if I bring the Charles Island, for example, we anchor. It's nice, but if they're not swimming in the water. Why don't, don't they? Charles why don't they swim in the water? Charles Island's really close to where yeah. I talked about. Yeah, it's oh, great. Okay. It's great. Why don't they swim in the water? Because they're too young. They're too little. Yeah, they're way too little. I mean, the one year old. You put one year old in the. But like, what? What would they do here like, at the what, house? What, your kids, your kids <laughs> on water skiing? What? It's just huh? like Cheryl? put some floaties on their arms and <laughs> toss them in. No, like what we do at the house? Why don't you just do that on the boat? Well, the trick. In the pool. I mean, I know you have the a pool. pool. The pool, the pool. Well, that's the other problem too. You're like, do you just say, "Hey, let's teach you how to swim in the pool," and like, let's focus on the pool, or do you put them on the boat? You're like. And I like if they were gonna go like Mystic Aquarium on the boat, great, right? But we never we we didn't do that, right? Because the one year old was just born like last August, so we never like we got the boat. Then like she just got old enough, and then she was just like kind of starting to sleep, you know, sleep. We're good. Next year should be eighteen. To I think next year months. might be a little more. We might be doing a little more trips. I think maybe even yeah. though you know we'll take not you, 
Uh, Nate, you mean, uh, <laughs> Don't animal, let Nate though. around my daughter. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> mystical aquarium. You know, I mean, sounds awesome. There's enough room for everybody on that uh, to sleep and do a mystical. Adam aquarium loves trip going to the aquarium. Yeah, hundred percent. I love orcas. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna eat a dolphin. Gonna I'm gonna to touch a dolphin. <laughs> he just likes to pet the stingrays. I like the stingray a lot. <laughs> Steve Irwin style. It feels like sandpaper. <laughs> Can you sting me in my that heart? That face is disgusting. <laughs> That's bullet bourbon right that there. That face is disgusting. I Brought you by bullet bourbon. I'm not driving home. Frontier whiskey. You look like Rocky from The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> when I had when I had cocksacky disease. <laughs> <laughs> when I had cocksacky, just like let me. Casually say that because that's a normal. I know, normal we're, I know we're trying to wrap up. When I had cocksacky disease, I felt like <laughs> I felt like Rocky, uh, Rocky Dennis, and my wife looks very much like Lord Dern. So it was very funny that like I looked like Rocky Dennis with a swollen, blistered face. <laughs> I think you always look like Rocky Dennis. <laughs> yeah, it's called acne. Literally, don't take this wrong way. I hope you flip your car over the car. <laughs> your shitty Mazda with the I love the sun the shining on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Died in his sleep. It's the best way to go. Rocky Dennis. How the hell did we get on that? We were talking about uh, G-Man. Yeah, oh. G-Man. So, well, <laughs> which is in which is in New Milford. It's, oh, wait. Yeah, it's up. It's up by Brookfield. What is it? Sorry, it's GMS a is a rowing club. Gotcha. Okay. But G GMS stands for G-Man system. And back to the the running heart rate. He's the one who introduced me to heart rate training. So like the That's first system. the first day we got there, we did um, lactic acid testing. Wow. Which is very Bond villain esque. Yeah, I was gonna right? say, man, that's uh, like taking blood and, and slash testing it. Rocky, Rocky esque. Yeah, with the whole like Rocky pipes four. and training, Rocky, yeah, and that's pricking like, your stuff. Uh, whatever, uh, Drago. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it was a funny. It was a weird kind of dichotomy in that we were in the like unfinished upstairs of a barn doing really scientific testing, and they're like, "You're in this like dirty barn, and they're pulling blood from you." Yes. Wow. But that's the best part about his system. It's like, for a long time, it worked pretty well. Yeah. But it's a basic system. It's not even, it's not no, rocket no. science. I, but I, right. I don't think a lot of people were doing it in rowing. Yes, that's true. And but it was interesting. To, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all heart rate. Oh, so yeah. If you're not training on heart rate now, you're you're way behind. Yeah. And it was, it was very eye-opening because I remember, like a typical training plan was like, you would do two days of, high intensity speed work mm-hmm. per week. Okay. And G-Man's training system was I think it was 14 days. And we were doing 2 days every single day. We lived at the boathouse. There was a house at the boathouse. Holy shit. And so we literally we rode we would row at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It was the summer, so it was Right. That's actually that's my favorite time to row. It was you didn't do anything between eight AM and six PM. We watched every episode of the OC. (laughs) (laughs) And drank coffee because they're cutting weight. Couldn't eat. Could not eat. We had ten hours a day. Wait, were you rowing lightweight? Yeah. Okay. Ten hours a day to do nothing. I don't know how I didn't gain weight. 
Um, yeah, I was going to say, man, like, what, what, what are your options? And you're in New Milford, which isn't, like, the bright center of the universe. No, f- fortunately, you're kind of in a food desert. So, I don't want to gotcha. say food desert, but, like, you're, <laughs> you're, not, you're not kind of exposed to delicious yes. food. Right. And no one had a car, so we would make runs to the grocery store where you would just say, steamed vegetables, chicken, cliff bars, nothing else. Oh, um, fuck me. No it was way. that was brutal, but looking back, it was a ton of fun. Well, how long did you do this for? That was, I went to the camp in June, and we went over to Prague in beginning of August. Beginning of August, yeah. So okay. it was like two months. It was like okay. August sixth to tenth, I think was. Yeah, just saw it on one of those shirts. And then after Prague, you were done. So, to give you an idea of how not right that body weight was for me <laughs> oh shit Did we you, what were you, 160 so it's it's kilograms so it oh, was right, um right, right. 72.5 is the max you can be and 70 is the average so 70 is 154 pounds boat average fuck me and Four i guys believe in a quad 72.5 yeah. is uh I think it's 159.1. Uh, 159.5. So I had to be under 159.5. The craziest part about this whole thing is they have their scale that they use. Yeah. You have your scale. Right. You just God don't know until yeah. you get there. And it could be like, you could, could be, be like pound. two pounds off. And it was a thing. I, I, I was very, I had limited exposure to this, but in just the trial race we went to, we went to elite nationals and we went to worlds. Two of those times, weighing in, someone comes up to you and goes, heads up, their scale is like two pounds heavy. And so what do you do? Just like go run for two Pretty hours? Pretty much. The only benefit there is everyone's in the same boat. No pun intended. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, but so I was sort of the heavy guy in our boat. We had a guy who... I could tell, Will. <laughs> we had a guy who... No, I who, thought there was um, one guy who, who was heavier than you. So you had to be the second heaviest. No, he, well, so we had we basically had two guys that could get down to like low one fifties, and two of us, yeah, who were high one fifties. Okay, and we were both Still over doable. six feet. Like one of the guys oh. was six three, but he, a big guy. He yeah. um, he rode lightweight all through college, so like his body so was, was kind of yeah, kind of adjusted to, to that. Yeah, another guy in the boat, the day before weigh-ins, he bought a jar of like Nutella, and just ate the whole thing. With his finger, by the way. Just was like, oh, this is good. That's how you and then 20 minutes later, it's gone. And he weighed in at like 148. It was crazy. Uh, and so, like, yeah. Like, like, how healthy is that? Oh, my God. I mean, he there, was just naturally a light guy, I guess. But, how about Mick uh, from the four? Oh, there was a guy there who, he was 6'5". He ended up going to the Olympics as a lightweight rower. And now so I believe he's, from, he's a Navy SEAL. He, was, he, went, he went to Navy. <clears throat> And when we were over there for U23s, he was in the lightweight four. And yeah, he's a huge guy. Uh, and, and the night before the semifinals, we're at dinner at the hotel. And I'm going into dinner and he's leaving. And I was like, what's up, Mick? How you doing? Or Mix. 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 Sorry. What's mix? up, Mix? Mix. He's plural. Yeah. He was born in South Africa. No idea oh. where that came from. We have a but, lot of fans in South Africa. <laughs> that's true. That's the only thing <laughs> And he's like, it's not good, man, not good. I was like, what's wrong? He goes, I just weighed myself. I'm 175 pounds. Wait. It's like, what? Yeah. 16 pounds over. 16 pounds. I was like, what happened? He goes, I ate dinner. I was like, oh my God. 
holy shit. I was like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going for a run. And we're in this. He's going to lose 16 pounds in a night? And he did it. He yeah. did. He did. People he went do. out. He said that he put on every item of clothing that he brought to Czech Republic and then put trash bags from oh, the Jesus. from the yeah. hotel room, like over Probably his core, his I, arms. Fucking toilet. I, the worst I had was Jesus, man. that next day, I believe, or maybe it was for the final, I was like 161. And I was like, all right, I got to lose two and a half pounds. Mix just did 15. How hard could it be? <laughs> yeah. And it's you you literally you pull out every stop. Oh, it's totally. like uh, someone gave me a Jolly Rancher. So you're like chewing on a candy and then like spitting, basically. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you get on an erg and like cinch up all your sleeves and you just erg in, oh. in sweats. You do everything you can think of. Um, Is it worth it? It's... I mean, I would never be there if I wasn't a lightweight. I would never right. be able to go to the world championships. Um, and I told my mom after our last race, I said, I'm never doing that again. And she's like, that's what I said after I had Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, did, what did you do next summer? Yeah, whoops. Uh, It wasn't the next summer, but I ended up going back to a lightweight camp. Uh, Jesus, man. And that it's, it's brutal. But anyway, back to the original. I think the original question was uh, – about like what I did afterwards, or, or you know, if it was hard, and or yeah, like, like why did you why did you stop? Well, so my natural resting weight in college was about one seventy five. Wow. Okay. So, but that's like to be honest, like if you talk to any rower, they would tell you you should be a lightweight. Yeah. Um, you're kind of like Charlie was one eighty at Princeton, and there were lightweights begging him to join the lightweight team. Yeah, but like, because they just walk be a heavyweight and just be like, just be yourself, right? Like, yeah, no, it, it depends on how serious you want to be. Totally. Like, if you're 180 pounds, that's sort of the point where you'd say, do I put on 15 or do I lose 20? Right. Yeah. If like, if you say I'm 180 pounds, I want to, I want to be an Olympic rower. Yeah. You have to make that choice. Totally. Um, that's where I'm right now, but not for the Olympics. No, you're at not masters the Olympics. level. Yeah. There's some people saying like, why don't you go lightweight? I'm like, why the hell would I do that? At this point, it sucks. No. The, the hard part is, like, when you're rowing and practices are really hard, you just say, like, it's three hours, whatever, however long your practice is, and then you can just kind of go eat go what you want, yeah. Yeah. check out. I, I've learned as a lightweight, it just doesn't end. No. Like, your training is 24-7. Ugh, um, so rough. That sounds horrible. So after after Worlds, uh, Danilo yep. was there watching, and he oh, and his right. dad drove from Belgrade. <laughs> God, it's about 10 hours yeah, right say, that's not a quick, quick yeah drive. we we went back with him so to, yeah we then belgrade. spent a week in belgrade with dan afterwards and i hope you enjoyed some of that good serbian food do they have food? oh it's delicious oh, the best food the best food i'm sure uh so we left my last race was on sunday morning and i had to weigh in i was like 159.3 whatever yeah, yeah. you know um we go, we drive, we then, races end, we have a big night out with all of our friends. But right after the race, you guys were sitting at the finish line with the most massive mound of french fries and beers. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I remember yeah. it That's vividly. That was, by the way, that was the best part about Worlds, is at the finish line, like the finish tower, at the bottom of the finish tower, is yeah. like a bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's Europe. So you yeah, just, they're just like serving yeah, it. Get like a, just, a Heineken, yeah. which in... in Prague is a delicious beer. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, great beer. So we then, you know, yeah, we, we, had the big we night out. eat, drink, whatever we want. 
wake up Monday morning, same thing, stuff my face for breakfast, drive 10 hours to Serbia. I bought a big bag of like muesli, like a family sized <laughs> bag, and yeah. I ate the whole thing in the yeah, car. I was going to say, that's how about, how about the Milka bars? Yep. Of that chocolate? Yeah, but that like, was later. Oh, I thought that was on that drive. No, because we bought it in Serbia. Oh. <laughs> so we drive all day Monday. We get there, and Danilo's mom is like straight out of like a children's book, like <laughs> Betty doting Crocker. mother. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I've only yeah. met Danilo a few times, but I can see that. Yeah. And it's not even like, oh, that's just the culture. Like their family teases Danilo for being a mama's boy <laughs> <laughs> and how she just like just dotes on him. Yeah. And uh, so he tells her, like, these guys just finished racing. She didn't speak a word of English. Okay. And that I had been a lightweight all summer. Right. <laughs> so she starts making cake. And she, she like, I ate cake three meals a day. Every cake. day. Cake. This delicious chocolate, not zucchini cake, but Something basically like, like a chocolate yeah. zucchini cake. Oh, it was yeah. incredible. So, so then... It must have been Tuesday morning. I'm taking a shower and there's a scale. Oh, you're like, and I'm like, oh, let's see, what, let's see what I weigh. And it was like 181 or something like that. <laughs> and so, so I was like, hold on a second. You put on basically 20 pounds. 20 pounds Body in, just in 48 hours. Everything. That's and amazing. I could not do anything the whole week we were there. And at first I was like, why am I so tired? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying a 20-pound backpack everywhere, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, Daniel, like, let's yeah. go, like, let's walk around the city. I'm like, I'm hold dead. on, guys. <laughs> it was, uh, and that's when I was like, all right, that was, um, that was a little excessive. You so I was very glad at Trinity I didn't have to. I mean, honestly, though, like, I think if it was something I had to do year-round, it would, it would, you just kind of fall into it, and your totally. body would kind of adjust to that. So it was, I you'd, think. You'd cycle in and out, like, for race season and then training season. Yeah, figure it out. But. Yeah. Well, I will say that when I was in college, I was so light that I would come home and eat a pint of ice cream to try and just gain weight. That's and, awesome. And 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 eventually became the heaviest guy in the. Bowl but if you team. had a hev- uh, if you had a lightweight team, you would have been on it, joined it. Uh, I did were lightweight. Oh, they had a lightweight team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we, like if we had enough guys, we gotcha. Yeah, you could feel the boat. Um, I think I hit like one sixty. That was like my heaviest, and. I was like the heavy guy in the, the lightweight team. It's crazy. There's a guy that I row with right now who is doing all the same lifting that we're doing, eating nonstop, and he's just desperately trying to break like 152 pounds. Really? Yeah, he's six he? one, twenty four, mm. twenty three. It's tough. It's it's a hard thing to put on weight if you're like a notoriously skinny kid. Yeah, I was skinny forever and clearly i'm not but like not even like, bulking up from the lifting or anything like body's just not producing that muscle yeah. mass i have that that's to be honest i don't i don't bulk yeah no, I, don't I, don't, bulk. I don't bulk you yeah. Yeah. Uh, get that creatine i'm i'm lighter now than i was at my peak heavyweight rowing are you still running though you're running like yeah i'm running yeah so i mean i guess that's part of it but like the the minute you leave college everyone's like it's just a fight against gravity basically you're gonna you're gonna lose that, and then yeah. just you know, so far. And then when it goes the opposite way, and you're like, actually, I'm lighter and and skinnier and more in shape than I was in college. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do, I do remember freshman year of college, I was trying to, yeah, you know, I was like trying to get ready to, I guess, you know, be a heavyweight rower on a varsity team. So I was like trying to bulk up. I think at that point I was like 170 pounds, so still like pretty yeah. light. 
And six weeks into college, I weighed myself. I was like, let's see my progress. And I was 155. <laughs> I was like, oh. Fuck, too much. And then I realized, like, I wasn't eating nearly enough. Because, like, I was used to being at home where you can just kind of snack all day. Whereas mm-hmm. at college, like, you can only eat when you're in the dining Three hall, meals, basically. Yeah. yeah, but we would, like, just grab shit from yeah. the dining hall and just put yeah. it in bags. And just like take it out. six cups of chocolate milk on the tray. Yeah. Like, so much food. I, I Someone asked me one day. In the dining hall, like, well, how much cereal do you think you eat a day? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think it's about ten bowls, maybe. <laughs> and that was like on the that was that was like a side basically, because yeah. it would I'd have an omelet for breakfast. I would eat like totally. like probably five for breakfast and then five more for I, I mean, lunch and dinner. For the whole time that I had like a dining plan or a meal plan at, at college, I probably ate bacon every morning. Why wouldn't you? Right, like it was there. I know. I would just some, I, yeah, you know, I, or I, yeah. I would have a an omelet with uh, tater tots in it for six days a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was the best. We had a guy on the team who was six six and like two twenty probably, but just jacked. Not a good rower, but <laughs> really, really jacked. Ryan Flint. No, um, <laughs> we said jacked. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. We said good rower. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, uh, no, and he, uh, I remember after a practice one day, he was standing in the omelet line uh, right in front of me. He goes, uh, I'll have an omelet uh, with spinach, cheese, onions, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, how many eggs? He goes, uh, 13. And she was like, seriously, how many eggs? He goes, I'm serious, 13. 13 eggs. 13 they, eggs. They got, he did it a few times. They get so mad. They got so pissed at him. For a 13 egg omelet <laughs> but he would <laughs> legitimately like omelet, yeah man. so like he every once in a while he would eat it of course I mean, this kid could just destroy food and was probably at four percent body fat i mean he was just cut like i said not a good rower though and this is also like you think you're like drinking so yeah. much every weekend it's kind yeah. of crazy that it worked but out you're also so well. burning you're burning <laughs> yeah. an insane amount six yeah. days a I week mean, all the like i was i was probably burning more calories than i was putting in my body Absolutely. Yeah, college. for sure. Yeah. Which is why you were sitting there consuming as much junk as you could when yeah. you were in the dining hall and it, still weren't doing enough. No, not at all. So stupid. I had a girl that I coached uh, right out of uh, college. Um, she was in high school. Her senior year, she made nationals in a lightweight boat, uh, but she was like on that borderline yeah. of, of making under 130 pounds. Uh, and she woke up on race morning two and a half pounds heavy. And it was a massive struggle just to get her within like half a pound of 130, let alone two and a half. So I had to wake up. She couldn't do it for for the life of her. She did the whole CVS enema. Nothing came out. Oh, boy. Uh, We went for a 90-minute sweat run. By the way, listeners at home, you couldn't see, but Nate actually did the – Pushing up in the butt. And the whole talking about a high school girl <laughs> that he. No, no, no. Yeah, I, wait, not, I did not that. do this. I did not. Yeah. You said we did the enema. No, I said we went for the run. Mm. Okay. Definitely did not do that. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Ninety-minute sweat run. This was in. Uh, this was in Tennessee in June. We're in Oak Ridge or no? In, at Oak Ridge, yeah. yeah. So uh, you did do the enema. so like. <laughs> yeah because it's tennessee yeah uh 95 humidity oh god only half a pound of sweat out she went to the porta potty at the race course like the the way in window was closing she oh, was god. pulling the trigger everything oh I mean, she also valued her really long hair and when i say long hair like below her hips long hair 
Did she cut it? For whatever reason. And I just looked at her and I said, listen, do you want to row this race or not? And she was like, yes, I want to race. Because it was the finals. It was the last race. Yeah. I said, are you willing? You're willing to do whatever? She was like, whatever it is. I handed her my Leatherman with the knife no out. Way. said, go into the bathroom. Cut it off. She went to the bathroom, just put it in a ponytail, severed it right off, got on the scale, and was 0.1 under. Wait, like, how much did it her take off? Her hair was almost a pound. Ew. You know somewhere this girl is talking about her asshole coach who made her cut I her didn't, hair. I didn't make her. You're she said her, You gave her the tools. I gave her the tools. You walked her, her into decision. that room and said, yeah, do what you need to do. She did it. She cut it right off. Wow. Got in the boat. This Raced. is why I, I, I could never. When you coached high school girls, I was like, I get you're, that you're, to, you're towing so many lines that I just would never be able to do. It's so a, props to you. Yeah, for, I mean, it's a. You're talking a about a fine line. I get, I get, I, for whatever reason, um, uh, my coach, who's younger than I am now, and he coaches middle school, uh, asked me, he goes, How did you coach high school girls? Like, was that kind of crazy to navigate that, that whole minefield? And for me, it wasn't, uh, wasn't that much of a problem. But I know. In this day and age, it's definitely a little different. I think uh, it's also like kind of you have to own it. You, there's you cannot yeah. be apologetic because no. the, yeah. the minute you like show a sign of realizing there's some sort of thank you by the way for the poor. Of course. Uh, the minute you show like a sign of acknowledging that there's a potential for well, something, or not even a potential for something, but they're like there's just a kind of weird dynamic. Then you've lost it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to own the the totally. coach athlete relationship and dynamic and and that's all that it is uh yeah but i remember at at college trinity uh the women's coach would get in heat with his team because girls would come in and like you know when we go into our, our coach's office just to hang out but also to say you know i'm this is what i'm doing i don't see the results that i would hope for and you talk about a training plan and for a lot of guys it was you could stand to lose 10 to 15 pounds. Right. And the coach Tough. of the women's team obviously wouldn't say it like that, but he'd say, okay, well, like, let's talk about, you know, they, they'd go through like the whole exercise regimen and then he'd say, let's talk about your diet. And then it was just like, oh, the bridge Instant. too far. Instant. You can't yeah. do that. Wow. Really? Yeah. So the the women's coach of, of Miami was psychotic. He was, I mean, he had like horrible diabetes and he would go into like these diabetic uh, episodes where he would just like melt down and he was fucking crazy. Like the dude was legitimate. I mean, I don't actually want to speak ill of him because he actually died oh, boy. Um, from diabetes. Yes, this is actually horrible. But he eventually moved to Arizona. He was um, uh, helping out at a race. And went into a diabetic seizure, fell uh, overboard, and drowned. Oof. Damn. But the dude is like a legend because he didn't pull any fucking punches. Like when it came to like women's rowing, he's like, lose the fucking weight. And it or, worked? Uh, well, it was like, I, he probably had more calls from parents than any other coach in the entire But it never department. came back to bite him. I mean, eventually, I think they were like, dude, you need, yeah. you need to go. But, yeah. but he he was there for, for many years. But even years it's. And, it's even still a fine line that you have to walk with with guys rowing. It's not specific to, to girls rowing. Like when you talk about weight for weight issues or anything like that, yeah. I don't think there's. I don't think it's. I, yeah. I had a, so I was coaching the office team uh, my last year at Miami, and, and they I had a parent call me and say you have to stop telling my son to gain weight. I'm like, 
Well, in in college, it's definitely one thing, but imagine high school, like the how impressionable those totally. kids are. Yeah, and well, and that was my sort of thing. I was like, listen, he's an adult, like he yeah, can do whatever. He yeah, wants. yeah. But yeah, in, you're right. In, in high, high school, school it's also so much more sensitive. And I, I think it's it it depends on the kid. And if you have a person like at the at Trinity, it was like girls are coming in to ask for advice on how to improve. Right. So that's when it should be allowed. But if if there if it's just a blanket statement being like, hey, uh, you know lose 10 pounds like obviously <laughs> girls you've been yeah. hitting the dining hall too hard step back that's a problem yeah um, it's like okay but an, there was a, a coach the the women's coach at the university of washington was fired for the way he was talking to his team and it was it, it was it was a case where he was like kind of the the i, I guess the gold standard of of collegiate coaching had I believe he had been the men's coach okay. of the best team probably yeah. ever. Yeah. And that's pro- that's a tough transition, I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah. he's transitioned to the women's team, does the same thing with them, turns them into a powerhouse program, yeah. and then one year just a couple girls did not appreciate his method, basically, and he got fired. Yeah, and a rough. lot of Olympic rowers, not a lot, but a few Olympic rowers – who had gone to the University of Washington kind of said, this isn't right. He, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. He yeah. was not too hard. And, you know, I know what they're talking about. And like the kind of the, the referring to the, the problems and saying, yeah, that's his, that's his style. Like that's what he does, they're right? not making anything up, but you're on a division one. Like you're here, you're here for free. <laughs> yeah. And you're here to be the most competitive athlete at the top of your, your game uh, in your sport. And like, do you want to do you want to get to that level? Do you want to compete yeah. at that level? Mm-hmm. Then this is what it's going to take. I think the best example of like where's the line is that movie Whiplash. You guys seen it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Really? Nate. People keep telling me. Dad to see and it. I have talked about the movie so many times. He, it's in my top ten favorite movies of all really? time. Really? I started watching it. I was I was in bed. I had it on my iPad. And I was like, oh, no. I've heard people talk about this. Let me see what it is. And I watched the entire movie, hour and a half, like. My wife's snoring next to me. Like, I was so enthralled with this movie. It's so, it's intense. It's with J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons and, and Miles Teller. Teller. Okay. And it's so, but yes, to your point, it's like, how good do you want to be? It's really like that question. It's like, yeah. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice to be as good as you want to be? And, and then from me. the perspective of the coach, it's sort of the question of, am I your friend? Right. Like, do I care if you like me? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Like I like. Do you want to? I will make you into the best person you need to be. But we're going you to might go through hell to do that. Yeah. And, and even at the end, <laughs> you might not be friends. Like you, because like the ideal situation if you're a coach is you just have a positive relationship the whole way through, yeah. and you succeed. Yeah. You both are very successful. Whatever. Like let's say it's like a you know private lesson where you just have one kid you're focusing on. Ideally, everything's great the whole time. Right. But then you realize. I might need to turn into an asshole to get this kid to be the person he wants to be, but hopefully at the end he realizes, uh, you know, this was all for the best. Right. And then Whiplash kind of poses the question, what, you know, how far can a mentor teacher go to make you successful, and do you need that person to like you at the end for it to be successful? Yeah. Do you need to watch this? 
All right. I you need it. to watch a bunch. Yeah, there is a lot. Take that of... entire shelf yeah. and just go home and just <laughs> spend the next three years just watching all the that beach. Mm-hmm. What uh, would you watch it on, dude? Are those all DVDs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the beach is not a good one. Don't watch it. <laughs> uh, but the the Blu-rays, we can we can make that. All right, all right. Xbox will play those, right? Uh, yes. Sure. Okay. Notice I don't have Spectre up there. Good. <laughs> <laughs>